Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. managed to meet the actual sheriff and this standoff in the town square about the well was resolved largely with the interference of Marcus Lowry the sheriff you got a good handle on this character quite quickly obviously you found that his daughter had died and that he's a bit of a broken man he views himself and he kind of acts like a good soldier doing his job but there's also a point where you can tell he probably was once a good sheriff and now it's rolled off as he's dealing with this depression and loss and certain you get the impression that he knows that crow's not a good person and he's letting some of that slide as he's just kind of doing his role you had a very good job at trying to convince him as to why you should explore the well and while you didn't get the immediate response of i'll help you some cogs are definitely turning with him and I will tell you this, something will happen based upon how close you were so consistently. You left him and I believe you split straight up. Egg mentioned to Alison Dade to publish basically a, uh, a piece attacking Crow, How the Crow Lies, the Truth. Oh, that is a really fucking good time. I should write for the papers. <laughs> You split up and <laughs> and she went into the industrial zone and met up with Wickers with the intention of getting a pneumatic arm for Krant. And you also found out that he was dying and that he wants a brain transplant into Wickers 2.0, a fully mechanized, basically, robot with his brain inside. He needs some help to do that and you've opened up some avenues for him to potentially allow Dr. DeFresney to do that, but it needs your help. And there could be knock-on effects of that being potentially a good thing for the town if handled in the right way. And obviously, Krant had his operation and now has an advanced partial limb with a mercenary brace and a piston driver. Big upgrade. Egg and Clyde went to Gorman's bank, met Barnabas Gorman, whatever he was called, and convinced him to put votes and his money and resources behind Widow Ferris, which I'll tell you straight away has given her 20 votes, 10 taken from Crow and... Do we know how many votes in total? No. but Is it 21? (laughs) No. So it's 11 o'clock, day one, as you have reconvened outside of Wickers' shop 
and you've seen the modified version of Krant. And you've, I'll say for speed, you've given each other the update of the current lie of the land. It is deep in the Badlands at 11 o'clock, so the sun's kind of beating down. You can hear work in the mines, just further towards the north of where you are in the southern part of the industrial zone. And you stand with the sun bearing down on you. It's warm, maybe a bead of sweat trickles down your face as you stand in the heat of the day, squinting into the scenery and knowing that you've got a vote to affect. What would you like to do? Hey, uh, Clyde, um, did you manage to get any, uh, sort of a map about getting into the well from, uh, different parts from the, uh, cartographist at all? What's that guy's name? Chris, right? Chris Tannenbaum. Chris Tannenbaum. Chris is, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Chris is, uh, <coughs> uh, drawing us a map very soon. Hopefully, anyway. We might have to go through the industrial zone and not use the well. Hmm. Well, I was just, uh, thinking, uh, well, it seems kind of likely that, uh, maybe there is a little way in from the pit, which is, uh, just south from where we are. I didn't know whether y'all wanted to go and have a little look, investigate that down there. Don't see why not. But we do have this list from, uh, Allison, on how to uh, swing the vote so the mayor doesn't uh, gain the power of re-elected again. We've already been to the bank and that was pretty successful. Alright, um... Well, it seems like we got two objectives here. We need to get into that well, and we need to swing this vote. So, uh... I don't know, it seemed uh, pretty good last time if we split up into two groups and uh, maybe two of y'all handle that and the other two handle, uh, handle this. Well, what do you see, guys? Sure. I can do that. Uh, how about me and Mr. DuPont, we go and speak to this Mr. Ortega guy thing. He was on the list, right? Yep. Okay. I you can... seemed to make friends with him last time, Mr. DuPont. I think we could do it again. I'll follow you anywhere, Egg. <laughs> and, uh, Clyde, um, it seems, uh, the... Am I right in saying that the pit there, people associated with the guild, is that correct or no? Oh, that's a question. So it's a mine rather than a pit. The mine it? Is, an, it is an open, uh, it's a mine, but it's like a pit, basically. It's called <laughs> the pit. Yeah. It's on the map. Um, Letter I, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I beg your pardon. L. L is the mine. It is, it's the Soulstone mine. Sorry, the pit is oh. the pit fighters, I believe. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I've got that mixed um, up. But there. it is, I've been using the term the pit because it's an open pit, basically. It is open to the sky uh, first. It's like, uh, you know, when you, you've got quarries, you quarry down into yeah, open yeah, yeah. pits and then you tunnel from those open pits. So that might be an area of confusion. It is an open pit that has tunnels leading, branching off for it into, into underneath Innocence, basically. Uh, and that is L on the map. And you are basically the square beneath it yeah. so you're very close so is is any of because clyde you're associated with the with the guild right loosely it's not guild owned that is there's no there's no steam yeah. fit no, me yeah. okay, sorry right. yes okay. i'm a little yeah. bit associated with yeah. the guild yeah okay well that's uh okay so we're gonna try and go to chris and wait for him and then go to the pit just the two of us yeah yeah that's but, probably, probably but there uh, might not be sense. anything connecting so we might need explosive which is eggs area well, um, how how long is it going to take Chris to to build us a little map? Probably a while, Josh. Or you would assume he's he, you saw the the range of maps in his shop. He has a dense, full collection. It's quite esoteric stuff and some quite you know normal, regular sort of stuff. He might have a map in his possession. He could work very fast and produce something quite tatty so it's not an unrealistic job if the knowledge is there what we can do is we can take two different uh things on the list during the day and yeah. then when everyone goes to sleep we get the map from chris and then go into the mines at after dark yeah that sounds like a, a better idea what 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 was on the list again so you've done the bank so you've got yeah gorman's bank is successful yeah 
you've got Madame Stouffville. So she owns the playhouse in the entertainment district. And uh, it, basically the notes on the list are saying that she and her players put on performances to keep the spirits up for fellow townsfolk, yeah. which is made harder with the constant Neverborn attacks. And you might be able to get her to celebrate your choice of candidate. Well, uh, Clyde, that sounds uh, that sounds kind of fun. Hey, uh, how about we head on down to Madame Stovall's Playhouse and, you know, have a little bit of fun, do a little bit of investigating, hey, maybe uh, have a little chat. What do you reckon? Can't seem to hurt. We'll go there then. Let's do it. We'll go there. <laughs> cool. So, as I understand it, you've got a journey to Gustavo, Gustavo Ortega and a journey to Madame Stovall. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. Um, let's go with Sean and Lee. Can you both make a pull from the blue fate deck? And I'm just going to take the highest card as to who goes first. Cool. Uh, 12. Be a 12. Fuck. Five. Red Joker, come on. You can... oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's been used, I think. So you guys split up and I guess agree a rendezvous point meet afterwards. Maybe meet in the middle as soon as whoever's done first. And she and Clyde leave the industrial zone and head south into the entertainment district. You walk into the entertainment district and you can see that the playhouse is marked out with an especially colorful awning. And and it features large glass windows that are painted with scenes from the recent productions. Malifaux City itself has a lot of large and luxurious theatres, and this isn't to that scale, this is a frontiers town. But you can see there is a degree of love and quality in this smaller theatre. In just the level of artistic work in the glass windows, the ornate cut to some of the furnishings, this is definitely a product of love. And looking at some of the clapboards out the front, you can see that there are weekly shows and occasionally extra performances at the owner's discretion. You can see mention of encore performances, but they look to be not that frequent. Generally, if something is particularly special, it gets reprised as an encore, but you can see that it hasn't happened for a little while. And this playhouse, you can see has got, it's a two-story building, and it's still a good size. And I guess as you walk in, there's a ticket booth that's unmanned at this time of the day. The, there are cheap seats in the far back. There are well-padded rows just in front of the stage. There are private boxes in the balconies. And there's just this awed moment of silence as you just take this in. And you can see this is, this is a lovely playhouse. There's a vibe and an ambience. And you can just imagine people being happy in this space. You can see on the stage is a woman, a soprano singer, and she is beautiful. And she's just singing, and she's completely unfazed by the fact that you two have just walked in. And she's just running through some scales. And the quality of her voice is is wonderful. Like, it raises the hairs on the back of your neck as she's just running through these scales. And she's fully focused on her work. And you hear some barked instructions and um, some, a clapped hand as a woman walks down from backstage who was listening and she speaks to the, the singer and they have a dialogue you can't quite hear but you get the impression they're talking about performance and this woman you would assume is Madame Stoville. she you can tell straight away is an over-the-top flamboyant person she has like she's an older woman but she's clearly was a very beautiful woman in her heyday and she's still clinging on to that her hair has got this is it was was a dark brown but it's starting to go to gray and she's got strands of gray and it's got a real curly kink to it and she's got a full face of makeup on she's got beauty spots that are most definitely fake and drawn on And she's dressed in quite a voluptuous way. Like, she knows how to make what she's got work for her. And 
as she's given her instructions and making this singer laugh and she lets out a foul cackle, she turns and smiles and looks at you and she's got these half rim spectacles on the tip of her nose on a chain and she peers through them at you two as you stand on the stairs leading down looking at the stage. She takes them off her nose, smiles and starts to walk towards you. And as she walks, you can see she's quite a short lady in these high heels and she says, Hi! What can I do you for, gentlemen? Howdy, ma'am. My name is Shio Aizawa. You can call me She. This is my confidant, Clyde uh, Boyd. We was wondering whether we could just take a portion of your time, please. I've got all the time in the world for some new faces. What can I do you for, then? Well, that sounds mighty fine. Can we uh, take a seat and get comfortable and get to know each other a little bit? Pick your spot, sirs. Um, probably like front row, so you got like maximum leg leg space, super comfy chairs and all that kind of stuff. You sit front row and she sits on the edge of the stage and she just kind of like smooths her, her skirts out as she sits and she smiles expectantly waiting for you to lead the conversation. You, madam, have the most wonderful, glorious playhouse here and uh, we, we are new in town. We haven't been here before. We would love to see one of your performances, but uh, that's getting a little ahead of ourselves because uh, we are aware that this town is under attack from a couple of different threats. Now, I don't know if you read the news uh, in the paper earlier on today. There were four gentlemen that uh, swiftly and uh, quite confidently took out the Nephilim last night that is myself my confidant here and two of my friends who uh who can't be joining us right now they've got other errands to run but um we we think we can confidently get rid of those the other threat we want to talk about is the current mayor now i don't know what your affiliations are with the mayor but uh we'd just like to talk to him uh we'd like to talk to you about him for just a moment Whilst you're doing the vocal work, that gives Cran a perfect opportunity to read her. Yeah, Cran. Clyde. Make, Clyde. Yeah, Cran. Go read her. Clyde. Can you make? Yeah. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell! I'm so sorry, Clyde. That gives you a perfect opportunity to read her, Clyde. Can you make a notice, cunning pull, Clyde? The higher you you pull, the more likely I'll be able to give you something pertinent. Cunning. I have cunning too, so no yeah. notice. Uh, blue um, bow. Oh, okay. I'll switch that with. Um, let's go with my ten. So I have a twelve. Okay. On a huge twelve score, you can see a few things as she is working her with his charming words. You can see that she likes that her theatre is being seen for what it is and being complimented. She instantly beamed and you can see she's got this really cute gap in her front teeth. She really was a really handsome woman when she was younger and she still is. And she likes that. You can see intrigue and a sparkle in her eyes when she mentions that you guys are the essentially the heroes from the recent Neverborn attack. There's a recognition. She's heard stories and now she gets to put some faces to those stories. And you can see she's intrigued. With the mention of Hannibal Crow, you distinctly see a wave of a different emotion ripple through her features. Almost revulsion and a level of dread. There's something there for sure. There is a distinct connection between Madame Stoville and Hannibal Crow. You don't know what, but there's something there. Right. I go, <clears throat> I take it you're not a big fan of Mayor Crow. She smiles. He uh, wouldn't be my first choice, but for reasons for the time outside of my control, I'm having to support him. Is there anything we can do to help? You have 1500 guild script? Well, no. <laughs> uh... Then my darling... There is nothing you can do to help. Well, I tell you what, madam, uh, there are other things that we can do. We believe that we have the right candidate that can lead this election and lead this town into prosperity. 
Now, uh, you have this wonderful playhouse. Now, there's only so many people that can uh, come to the Town of Innocence. I'm just going to lay my cards on the table right now. We believe that the best candidate for this mayoral election is the widow Jane Ferris. She pledges to make a link between Innocence and Malifaux so that you can have all of these wonderful people come into this town to watch your magnificent plays. Because we heard that girl singing. She has got some talent. And I'm sure you want to show the rest of the world and the rest of this, you know, these planes, her talent, and the many people you may have on your books. You're preaching to the choir there, sugar, but my hands are tied. I know Widow Ferris is better than that prick. He's got me over a barrel. Why do you owe him 1,500 script? Well, technically, I owe Widow Ferris 1,500 script because I have, and she smiles, a small gambling problem. It was settled. It was paid for. By another gentleman, I'm guessing. None other than Mr. Crow. And as he's bought me, I am at his mercy. And hence why some of the, shall we say, shows we are running have a slight propaganda element in favour of my benevolent and kind patron, Hannibal Crow. So if we uh, get Madame Ferris to uh, excuse your death for the votes. It's not... The debt's paid. Oh, the, Crow paid it. Crow paid it. Mm, if she yeah. gives it back, then... Oh, no, she can't. Mm. Crow, right. Crow's bought, bought the debt. Yeah. Bought the debt. So you're so paying... So his, she's... His debt. So the thing... The house is paying Crow the money back. Yeah. And whilst mm. that's happening, yeah. she's running his numbers. Right. She's, she's working for him. Her playhouse is indebted to him. And he is the saviour of the arts in innocence... And she cannot besmirch that. So he's getting a nice little propaganda ploy out of this playhouse. Now, me and my friends, we managed to uh, scrape together a few script on our travels. It wasn't quite uh, 50 and 100, but uh, we was just wondering whether you know the best way in earning that type of cash. Now, I have a particular set of talents. I can uh, use this, uh, this, this blade here. And I'll um, show my katana blade. And uh, let's just say uh, I can I can make people come with me to the station willingly or not willingly, and uh, use their mm, what shall I say their their heads for money. Uh, if if there's anyone you can maybe point out that I could uh, use my talents on, we could maybe get some money. We could uh, come to a little arrangement, and then we can get you free of the debt, and then we can move forward in uh, getting Hannibal Crow out of there. Do you really think you can make 1500 script with a performance, with a show? Hmm. It's big money. No, I think he what? was saying that he was going to go kill somebody <laughs> for money. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And then I... get the reward money and help her out. I don't think there's going to be a bounty that high in town. And, and in you can't two days, town. yeah, in two days. Yeah. You can't really... That's fine, let's just put it out It's there. a nice <laughs> idea, darling, but I, it's not helping me. Not right now. Well, uh, maybe you could suggest, as I said, we, we are new into town. We have been spending money. We haven't been making any money. We're trying to make some changes, but you obviously, with this lo lovely playhouse, you've made a little bit of coin over these, uh, over these months and years. Uh, what, what's the best way of going about this? Well, there's two avenues here. Either you bet big at the Night Vale Saloon and you make some serious money and you buy my debt out from under me or you find someone with deep pockets, the deepest pockets in this town, it's Hannibal Crow himself. Next up, there's a short little gentleman with mutton chops who runs the bank. <laughs> He's the second richest man in town. So we have to go to the bank to either get a loan <laughs> or get a, some money to help her out out of debt. So that we get extra, okay. <laughs> and then she clicks her fingers and smiles and says, "You got it." Or go to have big ass gamble with three hundred script and try and get fifteen hundred. Right. She sna snaps her fingers again <laughs> and says, "You got it, uh... madam. Would you mind for just uh for just a second? I need to speak to my uh, my friend here. Uh, 
and then we'll come up with a best solution as to uh, how we're going to get this money because uh, we really think with uh, with you and all your players here, uh, we could really make a, a swing in this election. Be my guest, darling. I'm going to speak to Lucille because that beautiful woman keeps singing that B-flat just too sharp. So I'm going to smack her ass and you chat away. All she right. just climbs up onto the stage and starts walking over to Lucille. Okay, Clyde, you you seem like a, a more reserved kind of man, so I'm guessing that you want to take uh, take the approach where we go back. Well, I say you go back to the bank because uh, you've met Mr. Gorman before, and uh, maybe ask him if uh, he wants to put a little little script in our pockets so we can uh, sort this little thing out. Or would you rather take a risk? I mean, I've probably got about mm, let's see, a hundred thirty, hundred forty script left. Uh, if we bet it all on black, we could come out with maybe. I don't know, 300? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we have to get very lucky if we go to the casino or the gambling. I think we have to go back to the bank and see what we can do. How, can I go to, back to the woman and say how much of her debt is left? Because I'm guessing she's been paying it. You do, and you walk on stage and you can see Lucille, this beautiful soprano singer, and Madame Stoville, and they stop chatting as you approach and just politely wait for you to ask the question and she says 1500 guild script so she was in debt for 1500 I, the guy bought 1500 it. is left oh left of she she wow, owes she 1500 a, she had a massive yeah she, <laughs> she she smiles and she says yeah i uh i got into some trouble and it needed to end and lucille takes her hand and she just gives it a little squeeze and madam stovall says but I'm working through it. I'm working on three. Okay. Well, uh, madam, you have two heroes in front of you. We took care of the Neverborn and the Nephilim, and they, well, they're a bit of a task. I'm sure convincing a man with mutton chops to give us money is going to be no problem at all. So uh, me and my friend, we're going to take a little hike down to the bank, and hopefully we'll be back very shortly with 1,500 script for you. Does the... Banker ever come in here? Is he a regular? Yeah, he frequent every maybe two shows a month. And Lucille says something now. And she says, Mayor Crow comes every week. Hmm. Is there a girl the banker seems to, or guy, gravitate towards? They both look at each other, look at you and... And Madame Stovall says no. And then they both look at each other again and say nothing. Right. Um, I'll quickly <laughs> draw Clyde to the side and uh, sort of have a quick, sort of quiet word with him. Now, y'all don't mean prostitution, right? No, no. Um, okay, okay. I, I, I don't want to get our wires mixed up here because <laughs> uh, I didn't know whether you were going to take him a girl and say she's worth 1500 but no, uh, no. Okay, okay. Let, Nothing yeah. like that. When we were talking to him earlier, uh, he showed a very massive interest in uh, Widow Ferris. It was hard to read the guy, but he seemed to like her. I was just wondering if if we promise him a date or if we say that she'll have a fundraiser with him, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like something to entice him to give the money. Mm. Like if there was a girl he liked in this establishment, we'll say she'll lose a job or, you know, that kind of thing, just to get her on our side. Well, uh, if he's interested in the widow, I'm sure he's not going to set his eyes elsewhere on some other lady. So uh, maybe we need to take that angle and, or you know, there's still prostitution. But uh, I, don't, I don't think we need to go down that direction. Is there prostitution? As you like, two, <laughs> I don't know. Is there prostitution there? I, I guess there is, <laughs> but you haven't seen too much examples of it. As you two are talking to yourselves, you're also aware that Lucille and uh, Madame Stovall are talking to themselves at the same time, or that you mm. can't hear what they're saying. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Madam will be going to the bank now. Hopefully, he'll be on our side. Just one moment before we shoot off. I just had a quick flash of an idea. Uh, 
Mr. Mr. Gorman likes to come in here, and uh, I believe, uh, Clyde, you may back me up on this, he was talking about getting more business. Now, I think uh, maybe you guys can work together in uh, getting each other a little bit more business, so if we were to go to him and maybe offer him sort of uh, maybe a personalized box so he can come in once or twice a month and have, the, you know, feed up experiences, drinks, ladies, and all that kind of business, and uh, maybe he can... Uh, advertise in your in your playhouse and send customers his way and you know he he bails you out a little bit we can uh, we can work together on this what do you say make a convince intellect pull with advantage and the target number for this is an eight she is over a barrel all righty literally uh all right it's a straight roll for me come on baby and you can't switch it with anything Oh, no. advantage. It's you, advantage. You, yeah. you had advantage. Oh, oh come on. Come on, come on, come on, come <laughs> on. Double uh, five. Come on. She kind of like, you can see a reticence to commit to something that's going to give her lack of control. Hmm. But what you have offered is reasonable. And she says, he's a much lesser evil than damn mayor. I'm not against it. If you can help me out, maybe maybe some things can be done. If he if he takes my debt, I can give him a box. If more revenue comes into innocence when this Nephilim shit's sorted, it's good for him, it's good for me. But I'm not agreeing to something that two strangers just walk in off the street and just sort for me. There'll need to be dialogues, but I'm not unwilling to engage in dialogues with that man if it gets that damn mare off our back and again you see lucille kind of like nod at that mm. well uh, i i tell you what madam we won't agree to any terms unless we've got your uh your say so how about that maybe if we can uh convince the mayor i don't know is uh lucille gonna be around for for a little while longer she'll be here all day with me we're we gonna do a dress rehearsal later on for the next show she just popped in early to spend some time with me she uh yeah we just wanted to spend some time together well uh i'm guessing uh as mr gorman is a sort of a, a connoisseur of the arts maybe he'll want to come down and get a little sort of a backstage look at what goes on here maybe that'll convince him to come down here and you guys can talk and we can get this uh, whole thing sorted out. Does that sound okay to you? You'll be absolutely welcome, as will you two fine gentlemen. And I must say, two mysterious strangers walking off the streets looking to help me in my troubled situation as I try and re-piece my life back together with this beautiful thing that we've built here. I'm appreciative. You're good men. And this town is grateful for that. Well, uh, we'll be back very soon, madam, and uh, thank you for your hospitality. And uh, Lucille, you are amazing. She smiles, and she really is like one of the most beautiful women you've ever seen. She is a superstar level of beautiful. She's obviously quite a draw here, and a rare talent that's matched by her voice. She's not just a pretty face, and she does a little curtsy, and uh, Madam Stovall sends you guys a wink, and you guys leave. I'm going to jump to the industrial zone. So we've got Egg and we've got Krant standing in the heat of the sun as your two colleagues head south. And to the north of you, you've got the open pit mine and presumably the tunnels, excuse me, that lead from it. What would you guys like to do? We're going, we're going to see Ortega, right? Oh, I beg your pardon. Yeah, of yeah, course you are. Because uh, he was on the list of people that could influence voters. Specifically, on the list provided by Alison Dade, uh, it said making people feel safe. There was the name Ortega, Derek and the Pit Fighters, and the Mitchells. Derek and the Pit Fighters. It's a band name. Now, uh, Mr. Dade, he said that. Uh, this Mr. Ortega, the one, I think he was the one that he shot the skull off his neck like a badass. But he, he makes people feel safe. So if we can get him outside, hopefully he'll make people vote for 
for Widow Ferris. That makes sense, Mr. Decrant Dupont. Egg, let's find some whiskey from Mr. Ortega. That's a good idea. That's a good thinking. You guys walk over uh, to the western edge of Innocence, where Ortega's Corral is. And you can see this rundown corral that, again, once would have been quite, quite the structure. Can, can we it's... buy some premium whiskey before we get there? Yeah, that's not hard for you to acquire. Even in this district, you can see that there are some miners taking a break and they point you in the right direction to get something. And um, you walk over as the sun gets higher and higher overhead to his corral. And you can see sitting on the decking out the front amidst some sacks of grain, old sacks of grain, really, is the Ortega slumped in a rocking chair. And he, at first you were like, is he asleep? He's not. He's got a full face on looking miserable, angry, hungover, maybe drunk. And he's just rocking gently as you guys walk towards him at the foot of his corral. I've always been told that my voice is a good cure for a hangover, Mr. Grant Dupont. Uh, Grant Dupont agrees. Why don't you go over and sing him a song? Mr. Ortega! <laughs> Mr. Ortega! And I'll kind of walk towards him just yelling. He's sitting in his poncho. Uh, he's got this this wonderful, like, dark hair and goatee that he has it's like very dashing goatee very pointy and thin uh mustache and little soul patch really but he's heavily stubbled on the cheeks and he's just sitting slumped in his poncho and you can see that he's got a pistol uh just in his hand and an empty bottle in his other and he just looks at you and he just says what are you doing on my property we come to have a little chat, Mr. Ortega. We hear that you help make people feel safe. And I've been told that I do the same thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that was eggy, weirdly. Oh, that is disgusting. Hmm. I don't make people feel safe anymore. Well, that's not what I heard, Miss. Miss Daisy said that you're kind of a badass. He spits. Uh, Egg will mimic it. He slowly, his eyes, like, go to you, Egg. And he just stares. Now, have you been hunting Nephilim like, like us? I've been hunting the last bottles of liquor hidden over my corral. And I can't find it. Are you drinking to hide some kind of deep in the pain? That's none of your business. My mama used to drink to hide deep in the pain. I don't care about your mama. That's not very nice. I'm not very nice. Feel you are. And I go give him a hug. <laughs> and you just hear this click as the pistol, you can just feel it in kind of the space between your kidneys. Like you, you, the, the, just the, like the kidney side of, off, your, off your stomach. And I didn't ask for no hug. Did he, did he lock, did he load it? Did he cock it? It was already loaded. He's cocked it. I'll raise my rifle. Uh, can, I, can I kind of lean into his ear? You didn't ask for no dynamite either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he lifts his eyebrow at Krant and then you for the dynamite comment. You I'm sure you didn't come here to hug me. Like... Egg will kind of throw his eyes back to you, Mr. Pond. He's uh, to Crunt, and like he's done his welcoming Crunt. bit. He's Crunt. Crunt. Crunt is a great nickname. <laughs> Crunt. He's a right Crunt, that one. <laughs> <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> uh, 
Crunty. <laughs> Crunty. Literally for this character, I have to have, to have the tongue, my tongue half out of my throat. So <laughs> it, it's part of it. Mr. Depart, you were going to say something. I'll let go of the hug now. Mr. Ortega, how about we share a drink? Have a discussion. I'll drink. Or we could keep playing fuck games. <laughs> uh, what was that? Sorry. Fuck games, Clyde. Yeah. You want? The- okay. I would. I would drink. But I ain't like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you now, you you point that that kind of get at my friend here, and I'll shoot your skull. There's a little smile on his face, like he likes the aggression. He likes the conflict situation. He's not scared of it. He's enjoying it. He's giving him a taste of something, maybe. And he just says, remember, you're on my property. Remember, I shut that skull off your belt. I think, I thought I, I thought I dreamed that. Nope. Did you dream that my friend dragged you back into your hovel as well? I lose a lot of time. That dignity as well. He looks at you again with that dangerous flash in his eyes. And he just says, he says something about a drink. Has he got any, like, any other furniture on his porch? There is another chair. It doesn't look as stable. And there are sacks of grain. There are actually also some tumblers that a couple have been smashed and clearly thrown. But there are three dirty tumblers. Also, actually, around the porch. He drinks out here, and he clearly drinks out here a lot. I'll grab the tumblers and fill them, all three, with the hoyerski. As soon as you offer him the hoyerski, he just guzzles it. It's gone instantly. And you just see him relax once it's in his, just in his mouth, really. And once he's swallowed it, he's just instantly, like, he's chasing that buzz. This this dude's got a problem though. But what did he do before before he became an alcoholic? He was a Nephilim hunter. He is famed. You guys succeeded on a history check. His his family is the Ortegas, and they are renowned as a family, famous across Malifaux as specifically being hunters of Neverborn. You also recalled that this guy in particular has been cast out of his family for failing to kill a Neverborn during a hunt. For whatever reasons, he was in the papers because he froze and one of his siblings was badly injured. And you can see that his pride was his downfall and he now can't go home. Home is Latigo, which actually is probably the closest place to this part of the the Badlands. I think that's a place in the Dark Tower. Is it? I think so. Well, Latigo is like his family homestead they train people to become nephilim hunters and they are superstars at it and they can pull people to their family in this homestead of latigo but he's kicked out and because of that he sunk into a bottle just crawled right in in his shame i'll pour him another drink he sinks it straight away. And it, there's almost a glimmer of like this boozy smile. And he kind of like scratches his nose and he just says, you wanted to talk to me. We hear you. Uh, you're a good influencer. <laughs> I'm not a good influencer. I'm a drunk. You come from... Uh... Hunting family. Yep. Did. Why the drinking? He levels his gaze upon you. You know. Things. Why don't uh, you join us on a hunt? It's the hunt for booze. Booze. Nephilim. Ah, I failed at that before. 
I'm not failing at drinking myself into a coma, though. Got a skill for that. Something I can do. How about you man the fuck up? Make a... Is this convincing or intimidate? I guess it's more convincing, really. You're just using the hard edge. Make a convince intellect pull. And it normally would be a target number of 22. Fuck. Which is insanely high. That's quite a big number. Yeah. More than 21. But you get plus six because you are using your prior knowledge of him. So it's still 22. You can add six straight away and then to your check. I... It's a big number to get to. So that was convince intellect so wait, to get him. You have 13 plus six. Oh, you can't. Yeah. Even, yeah. Plus four. So 23 so, if you switch it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So wait, yeah, you can get it. to 23. Fuck. With a plus That's six insane. and a plus four. Yeah. He'll get to 23. Yeah. When you say this, he's slouching in his rocking chair. And you just call him out basically for being a pussy, for not being a man, being weak. And you see his eyes flare in rage. And the empty tumbler in his hand, he crushes in his hand. And you can already see beads of blood just dropping onto the floor of his stoop, of his decking. And he gets up quick. And the rocker is rocking mad. And he's a big unit. He's a, clearly a strong physical presence, and he's broad, broader than you. And his fists are kind of clenched. And he says, you walk in to my land. Tell me to man the fuck up. My, my compadre Egg here has more man in him. Than you do. I kill a mature Nephilim. What have you done today? Pissed my pants. <laughs> what I, did today. <laughs> I woke up in my own sick and pissed today. Maybe. Maybe I show you two chumps what a man can do. Does he just shit himself right there? <laughs> <laughs> What do you need? We need to know whether you're one of Hannibal Crow's bitches. Nice bitch. Fuck that guy. Because that's why I see a lot of Hannibal Crow's bitches walking around town all day. I'm not anyone's bitch. I'm my own bitch, but I'm not his bitch. What do you need? We need someone to... Show people who, who've got their best interests in heart. We need that to be you. We need you to help Widow Ferris. She wants to form a militia when she gets into power. Sounds like you might be the pan-pissing man to do it. I level with you, Titch. You piss me off. I'm weak-willed. You pissed me off today. Put a little bit of fire back in my blood. Want to hurt someone. Maybe I can direct that energy into someone that needs hurting. Maybe I can do what I was fucking trained for. Kill me some fucking Nephilim. So then you can't come sauntering on my land like I'm some limp dick pussy. But tomorrow, I'm going to get drunk. I don't know how often you two can come around here and give me a kick up the ass. Today, fucking angry. I might show you two what I can fucking do. I hope you do. You have distinctly got a reaction out of him. You can tell that you pissed him off, but it channeled his energies. Maybe he was looking for something today. Maybe waking up in a fucking state hurt him and he was just looking for a reason to just try again. 
that has definitely worked today. You may need to be doing this regularly. He is a clear problem. You don't fix an alcoholic in one very quick conversation. But getting him sober is a long-term thing. Getting him riled up to make a something, make a scene for the right reasons in town to make people feel safe, you have achieved. So well done. Uh, I'm going to say, fucking hell. <laughs> Making people feel safe. You've wound this big boy up. You just got 26 votes. Ooh. Jesus. Sweet. 26 votes. Yeah, he's not sober. He's mm. not certainly going to be doing this daily, but you can tell just from the way he's bristling and the way his eyes cleared, he's going to do something today and it's going to help. Um, before we go, like, mm. this Mr. <laughs> do you know what it's like to be three foot tall, green and have a weird shaped head? No. You don't because you're big. You're strong. You got muscles. You got what's that on your face? That's the beard. I can't grow a fucking beard. I don't need booze to get out of bed every day. Look at you. Look at what you become. And Egg will just walk away, shaking his head. <laughs> You're giving something to think about for sure. And uh, he will make people feel safe today. As he watches you leave his property... In the name of Widow Ferris, right? They did mention that. Um, yes, I, I... I don't. You don't particularly need to, to oh. be honest. It, it, him making people feel Chloe. safe goes in your direction. Like, you can see people have seen you talking to him. You can see that as you leave his property, he's actually picking up some of the smashed glass and having a look around thinking, you know, you can see him processing, what am I going to do today? What am I going to clean up? What am I going to fix while I've got the chance? So that's going to be a big help. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.